Welcome to Rise Up in Business, the law podcast for small business owners. I'm your host, Tracy Mylacrane. I'm a business lawyer, an entrepreneur, and very much a realist. Rise Up in Business is designed to share with small business owners important legal information and some clever tips and tricks in short and sharp episodes, no legal jargon. With this podcast, I want to empower small business owners to rise up and take control in their business. I'll be here every Wednesday to tell you what you need to know without sending you to sleep. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rise Up in Business podcast. In this season of the podcast, I'm focusing on bringing you some real life examples of clients that I've worked with or clients that I'm currently working with, anonymously, of course, to give some context around the advice I give and the recommendations that I make. So try as I may, sometimes guidance, legal advice or legal guidance can be a little dry or even a little dull at times. So my intention in this season of the podcast is to add some real life context to what it is that I say businesses should and shouldn't do, just so that you understand why you need to do what it is that I'm recommending or indeed why you shouldn't do certain things. In today's episode, I'm going to provide some context around what happens if you don't have your business terms and conditions in place when you're working with your clients. I talked a lot about business terms and conditions in the earlier seasons of the podcast and in particular gave an overview in episode four about your business legals and what you need to put in place. So your business terms and conditions is the document that you use when you're working with your clients or consumers. So you could call it your terms of trade or your client services agreement as well. Essentially, though, they are your terms and conditions. They are the basis on which you operate with your clients. My advice is always you must have these set out properly in writing and you must issue them to your clients in advance of the client engaging you. Not only is that good business and professional, in my view, it's also necessary under the Australian consumer law that you advise clients or consumers of certain things in advance of them deciding that they want to work with you. So there's several reasons why you need to do this. There's several reasons why any lawyer is going to say to you, you really must have your business T's and C's done properly and you need to be able to be in a position to issue them to clients before you start working together. Now, what happens if you don't have them? So you're running your business, you're doing so well, you have wonderful clients that you work with and you don't bother with the paperwork because you don't really want to go down that path. It's complicated. You don't want to confuse clients. You don't want to put them off with long legal documents. So you just don't bother. So what could go wrong? Well, the answer is a lot. First of all, you want to be able to get paid. Now, If you issue invoices to clients for work that you've done and they choose to challenge you or they choose to not pay you, you have a far more complicated and difficult road ahead of you to seek to enforce your right to get paid if you don't have any business T's and C's or any documentation. That's the first thing. I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm not saying it's impossible. It certainly is possible, but it's more complicated, it's time consuming, and if it's a significant sum and you end up getting your lawyer involved, it's going to cost you a hell of a lot more money to get paid than what it would have had you have just simply had your business T's and C's in place to start with. 
if your business model is one that requires clients to provide instructions or details back to you soon within certain timeframes, for example, a graphic designer or a web designer, if you need clients to respond to you within a certain timeframe or failing which certain fees apply, you will have great difficulty imposing those additional fees for those delays if you don't have it clearly outlined in your business terms and conditions. Not only does the consumer law say that these are the types of things that you must advise clients or consumers before they engage you, practically and professionally, you're going to have a hard road ahead of you. Now, if your business is a service-based business and you have a cancellation policy in place and you like to charge cancellation fees, many, for example, will charge a 50% fee if cancellation is made within X days or if you don't show up for your appointment, for example, or you cancel your coaching session within however many hours, then the full fee is payable. So lots of service providers have those types of fees that they can charge as a part of their cancellation policy. But of course, to answer the question, what happens if you don't have your business T's and C's in writing issued to the client in advance, is that you're going to find it extremely difficult to be able to enforce fees as a result of somebody cancelling within a certain time frame, because of course you haven't advised them of that in the appropriate means or in the appropriate way. So it's not good enough to simply issue a quote, for example, and have on the bottom cancellation fee 25%, for example. Not only is that not professional in my view, it also doesn't comply with the requirements under the consumer law. So there's lots of avenues available there for the client to choose to challenge those fees should you try to choose them if you don't have the proper documents in place. Now in real practical terms, I'm going to focus a little bit here on variations to the scope of works. So I have lots of clients come to me because they're in a situation where they don't have proper business terms and conditions with their clients call it terms of trade or call it a service agreement, it doesn't matter. They don't have those in place. They've simply relied on telephone calls, text messages and emails with their clients. And that's where they have agreed on the services to be provided, the funds to be paid, so the fees and payment terms. What they don't do is talk about variations to the scopes of those services or the scope of works. So one particular example is a graphic designer, client of mine, who didn't have business terms and conditions in place with a particular client. Instead, they relied on emails. All was going well, very pleasant business relationship until there were misaligned expectations or a misunderstanding of what services would be provided by my client. So they'd had discussions about certain things. And of course, my client thought one thing. Evidently, her client thought something a little different, which means when they reached the point where my client had thought she had concluded the work and issued her invoice, her client became rather disgruntled and very quickly because she had expected that she was getting a whole lot more for that particular fee. Of course, we went back through emails, but my client's client was relying on conversations that they had had whereby her perception was very different to the understanding that my client took away from those conversations. And this type of scenario, unfortunately, is not uncommon. There's no malicious intent. There's no intention to do wrong here. It's just a genuine misunderstanding often where we've got two people involved in a business relationship and they both just genuinely understand something entirely different. When you don't have business terms and conditions or a service agreement with your client, we can't simply refer them back to the schedule of services that are going to be provided, for example, to resolve that misunderstanding very quickly. 
Instead, what we need to do is trawl back through all of the email conversations. Hopefully, they have some file notes or some diary entries of the content of some of those conversations. In a perfect world, yes, but often that's not the case. And we reach a point where the reality is one party would like to be paid and the other party thinks that they're entitled to some more services before they have to pay that sum. So inevitably what that means is we can reach a resolution, but not without more time and energy and often money spent trying to resolve it. In this particular case, we were able to resolve it. My client did receive an invoice from me. Obviously, that's an expense that she wasn't anticipating. It meant that we had to negotiate the sum. So my client's revenue was reduced even further because we had to negotiate. And obviously that meant a reduction. And what it meant was that the business relationship had soured and they're no longer working together. That really is an unfortunate situation, which quite genuinely could have been avoided if the business terms and conditions or the service agreement had have been prepared properly for my client and had she had issued it to all of her clients in advance with the services outlined in a really clear way in the agreement. So it was crystal clear what my client would provide. The fees were clear. The payment terms were clear. And how we would deal with variations to the scope of works, again, was set out clearly. Needless to say, this client of mine now does have business terms and conditions that are drafted for her. And she's told me that she has such peace of mind every time she sends them out because she knows she's not going to have to go through something as horrible as the situation she was going through when she reached out to me in the first place. So that's today's episode where I have done my best to put some context around why you need your business terms and conditions drafted for your business properly in advance so that you can issue them to all of your clients because lots of things can go wrong and I've touched on some of the really common pain points that I see at least in my business. So I hope you found that interesting. I hope it's been helpful. As always, if you've got any questions, please reach out. That's what I'm here for. And feel free to send through any feedback. I always love receiving it. I'm very grateful and I'll catch you next week. That's it for today's episode. Short and sharp, just like I promised. If you liked the episode, please be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And I would be most grateful if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. As always, remember to keep your business legals in order with my annual legal checklist. You can grab your free copy by heading over to my website, tmsolicitor.com.au forward slash checklist. I'll catch you next week. Thanks so much for listening.